Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening session of Sunday the 26th of April 2009, entitled, We Have This Ministry. And the Bible reading is taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1-18. to Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Anybody recognize the verse up on the screen? For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. We find that uh, sometimes things can become so commonplace to us, but uh, every week, that's printed in your bulletin right below the welcome, uh, because that's something that we want to make clear. We don't preach ourselves here. We preach Jesus Christ. If you go outside and look on our line, it's got the name of our church. It's got that same verse right across there. Look at our church stationery. It's got that same verse right on there. Because in what we do, we never want to uphold man, any man. We want to preach the Lord Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I'd like to invite you to stand with me to honor the reading of God's Word, beginning in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And we'll begin reading in verse 1 and read right down through the 18 verses. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry... As we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the Word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost." in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We, having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you, for all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God for which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. 
For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Father, we thank you again so very much this evening, Lord. Lord, for your word that we have before us, for your spirit that lives and dwells within us, we pray that by the power of that spirit, Lord, that you might take these words, make them alive, and speak to our hearts that which we need this evening. Father, you know every heart, you know every need. And Father, we pray that you might, through your power, be able to meet those needs this evening, that the lost might be saved, the backslider restored, the Christian challenged and encouraged and built up and strengthened in the faith. Father, we pray that all that takes place, everything that's done and everything that's said will bring glory and honor to you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. I think that for most Christians today, as with probably most Christians throughout history, the one of the great challenges that faces Christians day by day by day is to be encouraged when there's so many things to discourage us. Sometimes many of you will go out there and you'll go out to your jobs tomorrow and there won't be another Christian anywhere in sight. You'll be like the Lone Ranger, not even having Tonto with you, <laughs> all on your own. Some of you will go to school tomorrow. You go to school and all of those other young people around you, and yet not one of them that you know of proclaiming the name of Jesus. We find that sometimes when we seem to try our hardest, sometimes we just don't see the evidence of anything happening from it. We can get discouraged. Sometimes we literally, with, with our very heart's desire, and we put all that we have into something, and yet nobody seems to care. You see, the truth is, it is very, very easy to get discouraged in the ministry. Now, I'm not talking about being in the ministry just as being a, a pastor or a preacher and standing in the pulpit. You see, we, not just me. Paul said, we have this ministry. We have this ministry. And that's the simple thought that I'd like for us to bring our thoughts around this evening is that we, all of us, we have this ministry. The truth is, is that he says, as we have received mercy, we faint not. You might feel like fainting sometimes. You might feel like sometimes that you don't have the strength to continue to carry on, but we need to be strong. We need not to lose heart. Why? Because we've received mercy. Just to stop and think what God has done for us. We stop and think what we deserve and yet what God has given us instead. You see, our source of strength must be Him. There's not a one of you here this evening, there's not a preacher that's ever stood in the pulpit that within his own strength will feel like carrying on and on and on when the going gets tough. 
But you see, we have to do it. But it's not just the fact that we do it. We have to realize that the ministry that's been given to us, notice he says here in verse 2, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness nor handling the Word of God deceitfully. The truth is, is that many times the temptation will come there that if we don't see it happening, then we start trying to come up with some ideas that will make it happen. Sometimes many churches will have so many programs that they're trying to, to, to carry out, but the truth is, is that we have this ministry, but we have renounced those things. We don't want to handle the Word of God uh, with dishonesty. We want to be honest in all that we do. We want to be straightforward. God has nothing to hide. We don't have anything to hide either. He says, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. We can say many things there, but folks, the truth is, is that there are many people that have never, ever, not only just not heard the gospel, but many people that have heard it, they've read it, they've seen it, and yet the lights never come on. That gospel, the truth of that gospel is being hid, not from those that are saved, we've seen it, praise God, but from them that are lost. He says, in whom the God of this world, Satan himself, hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Why does he want to blind their minds? He says, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. He wants to stop you. <laughs> Why sometimes are there so many things that are thrown in your path to discourage you, to keep that light from shining in your life? You see, sometimes even when we keep pressing on, Sometimes we don't look like we're enjoying it very much as we do. <laughs> Others look at us. Where do they see the light? Where do they see the joy? What's it there? Because we're so focused upon all the bad things that are going on and all the circumstances and all the difficulties, which we'll find later on, all those things that we see, they're all temporary. Every one of them, they're temporary. But we're talking about people's eternities here. We have this ministry. God has given us this ministry, and it's by His mercies we'll not lose heart. We'll not give up. We'll stand against the dishonesty and the error and man's craftiness and his sneakiness and his deceitful ways that comes from the flesh. We need to make the truth known, clear. We find that if we fail, if we fail, if those people you work with, if your best friends that you care so much about, if your family that's lost and on their way to hell, if the gospel is hid, it's hid unto them. The simple truth is Satan wants to keep it hid, and he wants to keep it hid through you. He doesn't want to let the light shine through your life. Sure, he's going to try to make it hard for you. Sure, he's going to try to make it tough for you. Because their souls, their souls, are at risk. We find that if we're to be successful in this ministry, we have this ministry. If we're going to be successful in this ministry that's been given to us, if the light of the gospel is going to penetrate the, the darkness that engulfs so many of their, their minds and their hearts, there's some things that we need to keep in mind. 
Three of them are right here in this one verse that we have printed all around us all the time. You see, we have this ministry. And I want you to know, if we are going, and when we say be successful, let's keep in mind that we're not talking about success in the eyes of men. It's God that's given us this ministry. If we're going to be effective, if we're going to be successful in it, then the first thing you need to keep in mind is that we are subservient to Christ. <laughs> he says, for we preach not ourselves. The temptation many times will be to say, look at me. <laughs> look at me. Look at what a good Christian I am. Look at what I'm doing. Preaching ourselves will not save any man's soul. Putting forth our notions and our ideas. Even exhibiting our talents when we do it for the wrong reason. You know, God gives us so many talents and gifts so many times, but if we're not careful, we'll try to use them so somebody can pat us on the back. So somebody can tell us how much that they enjoy what we've done. We go around showing our abilities, our intellect, proclaiming our successes. In other words, when we put ourselves in the forefront ahead of Christ, when our ego gets there, when our pride that we saw in this morning's sermon, what happened with that, Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goeth before destruction and an haughty spirit before a fall. You see, the natural thing that you'll start thinking sometimes when things get tough is you will naturally begin to think, Oh, hard, I'm trying. I'm doing all this. I just don't deserve this. It's not fair. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to serve God. I'm trying to do what's right, and this is going wrong, and that's going wrong. We find that we need to keep ourselves in the background. We need to realize, I guess, one of those passages that I'm sure you've heard many times from Scripture, but boy, the power behind it. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14, the Bible says, If my people, that's God's people, that's those that are, we would say, Christians that are God's children. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, if they will do that, God says, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. You ever notice that the very first thing, the very first thing is humility. If they will humble themselves. And then, after they've humbled themselves, pray, seek his face, turn from their wicked ways, he will hear and he will answer that prayer. You see, whether it's in the pulpit or whether it's in the pew, whether it's the preacher, or whether it's the people. All of our ministry, we have this ministry, and it must be characterized by humility. By humility. Don't let Satan trick you into thinking that somehow that you've got to be in the front forefront, that you've got to be recognized for something. For we preach not ourselves. We're subservient to Christ. The second our subject is Christ. <laughs> Our subject is Christ. That's what it's all about. 
We can tell them about anything there, for we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. That's the subject of our ministry. That's what it's all about. It's preaching Jesus, not just preaching about Jesus, not just telling them about Jesus, but they need to see Jesus. They need to know Jesus in their lives. Jesus Christ our Lord. Yes, Jesus in his humanity, in his manhood, a person that walked this earth in all of his ways, perfect Tempted in every way, just like we are yet without sin, the Bible says. Jesus, the one that came to live a life that none of us could live, but he did. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of mankind, the sacrifice for our sin. Jesus Christ, the Lord. He is God, folks. He is divinity himself. As Jesus, he was a teacher. He was a healer. He was a miracle worker. As Christ, the Messiah that suffered and died on the cross and rose again the third day. As Lord, the Lord of all, the dead and the living. His purpose to glorify God the Father. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Lord God Almighty, you see, as Jesus Christ, he lived upon this earth. As Christ, he died. As Lord, he rose and lives and reigns forevermore, praise God. He is the subject. We have this ministry. And if we're going to be successful, the first thing we've got to do is get self out of the way. We are subservient to Christ. The second thing is that Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone is the subject of our ministry. He's the one that's going to change their lives. We want to turn them off over these, all these new leaves. We want to get people to stop doing this. We want society to change in so many ways. But it's Jesus Christ that they need. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. Thirdly, and ourselves your servants, for Jesus' sake. You see, you and I, we are the servants for Jesus Christ. Literally, the word there means bond servants. But this is different. <laughs> this is not the servant to Christ. This is servants to others for Jesus' sake. Jesus came to serve others. He's left us here to serve others. It's always. If we are to be effective in this ministry that we have, it must always in every circumstance, it must be others first, not me. The winning of souls is going to cost some sacrifice of self. We find that I can remember as a young boy, I remember when my dad first taught me how to fish, and I loved fishing because we lived near the lakes, and it was hot summers, and it was just a, a, a nice place to be out there on the rivers and the lakes and casting in those reels and pulling out those fish. But, you know, I learned real quick. I can remember still down on the riverbank in front of my grandmother's house, I can remember going down there and sitting in the boat, and we were sitting there fishing away, and, boy, this was fantastic. I'd never done this before. 
Next thing you know, I'm sitting on the side of the boat and my feet are just splashing away in that river. And boy, it felt good, just water going everywhere. First thing my dad had to teach me, if I was going to catch any fish, the fish couldn't see me. <laughs> you didn't go out there broadcasting that you're around and scaring them all away and hope to get. God's made us fishers of men. I use that illustration to say this. If we're going to catch the fish, we're going to have to be hidden. We're going to have to be hidden. It's Christ that's going to have to be seen, not us. But we're there to serve all those around us. He says, and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. That's a tough one. I don't care how long we've been saying. It's all for the cause of Christ. That's easy to say. That's not as easy to do. It's all for His glory. Not so people can see what we've done. It's all. For the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, so many times we can be inspired for lots of things in life, for lots of reasons. And you know, sometimes we want to see somebody saved because we care for them. But we don't want them to spend an eternity in hell. We want to see them be saved because we want them to know the, the peace and the joy that can be in the life even amidst all of the worst of circumstances if he's truly first, you see, sometimes we want the peace, we want the understanding, but, you know, we've, we've taken Jesus, we've stuck him back there in the back corner somewhere when we've got time for him. We find that our service on his behalf, it must be characterized that what we're doing, we're doing for his sake. When was the last time you wanted to see somebody saved so much because of what Jesus did for them. <laughs> for his sake. He was the one that died for them. He was the one that paid the price for them. You see, I'm not saying that it's wrong. I, I, I've got a lot of people that I care for that I don't want them to spend an eternity in hell. But the truth is, my foremost reason for them being saved should be for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our love for him is so great that it's all for his cause. He came, he loved them, he died for them so much that I want them to be saved for his sake. We find that for we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, your servants, your bondservants, always you first, for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ. That'll help us. Then there's something else we see wrapped into these verses that, that follow after this. Because sometimes the truth is, sometimes it'll be tough. He started out with talking about the fact that we won't faint. faint. But notice, notice, first of all, he tells us here, for God. There's a reason. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You know, we've talked about this before. The truth is you can't turn on a light in a dark place and the darkness overtake the light. The light will always overtake the darkness. The light of Christ needs to shine forth. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. You see, all of these are shown us. 
We're servants for his sake. It's all for him. But notice what he picks up then in verse 8. Because you see, if we're going to be successful, we're also going to suffer with Christ. Christ suffered in a way that none of us could ever imagine. But if we're going to be successful, we have this ministry. And with such, he says, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. He says, we're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted. But thank God, you're never forsaken, are you? Cast down, but not destroyed. The truth is, is that life can be tough sometimes. We have this ministry. Do, do you find anywhere in your Bible there where it says that you might sometime, if you're very unlucky, be unfairly treated and have a little bit of trouble? No, it says we are troubled. We are perplexed. We are persecuted. We are cast down. Those are facts. But just as surely, not distressed, not in despair, not forsaken, not destroyed. They can try, but they can never, ever destroy what's within us as Christians. Notice he goes on, he says, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. Why? That the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Our constant persecution, our suffering compared to that of Christ, compared to what he did when he died for us, what he bore for us on the grave, it's, it's nothing. But what he's saying here, we carry around the dying of Christ, but just as surely that the life of Christ can be seen. Yes, he died on the cross, but that didn't destroy him. Did. They put him down. They cast him down. They thought that they had won. But three days later, they found an empty tomb, praise God. They didn't win. He was alive, and he still lives today. And yes, yes, just as they put him down, just as he suffered, that's part of this ministry that we've been given. He says in, in verse 12, So then death worketh in us, but life in you. You know that sometimes, Sometimes, and I know that this is not real popular with some of the groups today. Truth is, is that physical suffering and sickness and those things, folks, they're real. Now, there are some today that think that as Christians that we should never, ever, ever face any of those things. Oh, I wish as your pastor I could stand here and tell you that that's true this evening. But that's not what I find in God's Word. In this world, there will be suffering. There will be difficulties. There will be persecutions. These things are going to come. But we've got something far beyond that. 
that they can't take away from us, that they can't destroy. We're looking on the temporal. We're looking at how this hurts right now. We're looking at how difficult this is and how unfair this is. We find that the truth is, you know, I'm convinced that sometimes more than the times when, boy, everything is just, you ever heard the term, the term hunky-dory? <laughs> when everything is just hunky-dory. <laughs> it couldn't be any better. <laughs> I mean, boy, it is clear sailing. <laughs> Life is just peachy. I'm convinced that when the real light's going to shine in your life a lot of times, it's when you're in those dark valleys. That's when it's going to shine the brightest. When people see how you get through the tough times, how real is that faith that you've got? How are you going to handle it when things are not so easy? I'm convinced that sometimes, sometimes it's some of your deepest valleys and your darkest times that your light will shine the brightest. It's when you're the weakest that his strength will come through the greatest. But don't give up. Don't be discouraged. You see, he says, we having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. We talk about our Christian faith. We talk about all the great things that God, do we really believe it? Is it part of our life every day? Are we walking by that faith? Do we really depend upon him? We're so used to taking care of ourselves. We're so used to being able to handle the situation and fix what's broken. Sometimes we've just got to trust him. We've just got to depend Upon him, he says here, knowing, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. There's a day coming. <laughs> Who was it? Sister Liz, I was speaking to before the service. And of course, she's had the trouble back, and one of the kids spoke up and said, Peter's got a new, what is it? Peter's got a, Peter's got a new, we said a hip. <laughs> I said, sometimes I think I need a whole new body. <laughs> and Leah spoke up and said, one day you will have, praise God. <laughs> we will have. Sometimes this one might get tired. Things might wear out. Things might have to be fixed. One day we're going to have a brand new one. Jesus Christ, when they took everything that they could take from the life that he had in this life, he raised victorious, praise God, above it all. They took all they could take, but it wasn't enough. <laughs> they couldn't put him down. They couldn't keep him down. He goes on here, and he says, For all things are for your sakes. Wow. <laughs> I know it's easy to say. It's easy to quote. All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. I know it's easy to say it. But we have this ministry that requires us to live it. Do we really believe it? That's what he's talking about there. Do we really? Really? Do we believe that? Does it come forth in our life? All things are for your sakes. 
that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. It's all about him receiving the glory. He goes on, for which cause we faint not. <laughs> for what cause? For his cause. For his glory. You see, we might feel like giving up. And you know, sometimes you ever feel a little bit worthless? <laughs> I do, about every Monday morning, most mornings. <laughs> Truth is, we might be pretty worthless, but he's not. <laughs> you see, if he can use me for anything today, that he can receive glory out of it, that this light that Satan's so determined to keep hid from all those that are around me, because he knows that if the glorious light of the gospel shines in that heart, it's going to change and it's going to make a difference. Yes, he wants to keep them in darkness. Yes, he wants to keep mine and your light from shining. But for this reason, that it's for Jesus Christ, that death didn't keep him down, that he rose the third day, that he's alive, that it's all his. For this reason, we faint not because of him. We have the hope. I like he says, but though our outward man perish, though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. The old flesh, that's what we focus on so much. And yet, even though he may be perishing, everything may be being taken from the outward man, he says, that inward man is renewed day by day. Listen, for our light affliction, Brother Jim, our light affliction, which is but for a moment. You know, the truth is, we, we can't get our minds about We cannot grasp eternity. Now, I want to tell you this. Look around, and there's a few of you here that have got a few years on me, but most of you, I've got a few on you, and some of you, I've got more than just a few on you. And I'll guarantee you this, that as you get closer down the road, you realize more and more all the time just how temporary that it really is, just how short that life really, really is. It's hard to comprehend. But you see, in, in light of eternity, whatever Whatever afflictions we may face here and however long they may last, it's so light in comparison to what Christ had, and it's so short in comparison to eternity. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. <laughs> it might be tough today. You might have a tough day tomorrow. But we have this ministry. And I want to tell you, the greatest thing that you can do with your life tomorrow, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, the greatest thing that you can do with your life is to let Jesus Christ be seen through you and in you, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Let that light shine. Be the difference that's going to make a difference in somebody else's life. I don't care if it's the worst day of your life. Maybe God can use you to make it somebody else's best day. Maybe it's that little word of encouragement, that smile, that hug. 
that's going to make all the difference to that other person. We are here to be servants, bond servants, for Christ's sake. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. <laughs> We're so short-sighted a lot of times, aren't we? You know, most of my family's short-sighted, and I know because I've had to pay all the prescription and the glasses and the contacts and everything else for all these years. But spiritually, we get mighty short-sighted sometimes. He's trying to teach us here that we need to be far-sighted. <laughs> we need to look at the distance, not just what's before us right now. Matter of fact, what he's saying here is not just what we can see, but He's talking about something that so far away we can't even see it. <laughs> While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Have you ever thought of this? Brother Carl, you've never one time in all of your 52 years, you've never one time in all that time seen anything that's eternal. <laughs> everything that we see around us, everything is temporary. <laughs> it's, it's all going to go. I mean, one day there's even going to be a new earth. <laughs> but there are things that we've not seen. Those are the things that are eternal. Listen, every circumstance in your life, every trial, every affliction, we recognize as a child of God, you've been given a ministry. We have this ministry. And it's not to preach ourselves, but it's to preach Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves to be servants for his sake. Oh, if we can just comprehend. I don't care what it is you see before you, how big it is, how awful it may seem. It's temporary. It's temporary. There's something far bigger out there. And do you know it's just how you handle that affliction, that difficulty, that trouble that might make all the difference in whether Satan succeeds in keeping that light hid from those around you, that more than anything in all of this world, they need to see Jesus. I don't care what else they need. They need Jesus more than anything else in their lives. We have this ministry. Father, I thank you this evening, Lord, that, boy, it's pretty awesome when you stop and think of what you've entrusted us with. The truth is that, Lord, you make it very clear here Lord, that you've given us a ministry. We need to be subservient to Christ. We need to realize that it's, it's not us, but it's him. He is our subject. He is the most important thing. It's him that we've got to put forth to anyone and all those around us. Lord, we're just servants. Servants for your sake those around us, that we might serve you, that they might see you in our lives. And yes, Lord, there's going to be some suffering. <laughs> we have to carry around your death, but also your life. 
The truth is, Lord, is that all the things around us, they're temporary, but those around us, more than anything, they need something that's eternal. They need a life that's eternal with you. So I pray this evening, Lord, you might use these simple words. First of all, Lord, to challenge if there's anyone here tonight that's never really been saved, there's nothing else will take that place for them. Maybe they're the ones that have Satan succeeded in keeping it hid. But for those here this evening that are your children, Lord, I pray that you'd encourage them. Lord, you've entrusted us with this great ministry of letting Jesus Christ be seen in our lives, of letting the light shine forth. Yes, amidst our problems and troubles and difficulties, may we keep our eyes upon him. May we look to him. May we be challenged in everything that we do. Lord, that we let that light shine no matter what. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.